and welcome to Tea with Tess, a weekly gathering of women across the world. I'm Tess Yana, co-senior pastor of Link Church and the founder of the Link Sisterhood and Tea with Tess. This moment was created with the heart to encourage and equip you in your own personal faith journey. As we explore God's Word, I want to encourage you to lean in, subscribe and keep showing up as we go somewhere beautiful together. This is a place where you'll hear from me and some of my special friends that are near to my heart. For more information and resources, why don't you visit teawithtest.com or connect with me on Instagram, Tessiana. Good morning. It is almost 10 a.m. on a Wednesday, which means here for it. So why don't you pop on and say hi. You know that I love that. I feel very close. I'm just pushing myself up a little bit. Hello, Karen. Welcome. So nice to have you with us. Excited about this morning. Hello, Noel. Welcome back. Nice to see you. I have a good feeling about where we're going in this minute. So thank you for showing up. Your consistency is a blessing to my life and heart and also to the heart of God. I know this to be true. Hello, Georgie. How are you? Let me know where you are and what you're doing so I can picture your faces. Hello, Fee. Nice to have you with us on this very middle of the week Wednesday. My kids last night were saying, they're so frustrated because this week is going so slowly. <laughs> and um, I was like, guys, but tomorrow's Wednesday and you know what happens when Wednesday comes. The week's gone. So... Enjoy while it lasts. Hello, Steph, and hello, Joe. Lovely to have you with us. Hello, Chloe. Nice to see you. Welcome back to all our regular little Tea with Tess visitors, and hello to some new friends. Kani, sitting on the outside of the office. So nice. When my when girls come and say hi, hello, Colette. I think I know you. Hello, Rach. Still in your PJs. Half term. That's cool. We don't have half term here. Well, maybe some kids do, but we don't. Hello, Gwen. Lovely to be back here. Yes. Nice to have you back with us, love, Joe. Always good to see. Hello, Steph from Mauritius. Ooh, I wish I was you right now. I miss Mauritius. Must be honest. Oh, yay! Okay, that's on Chloe's big sister. That's amazing, but I feel like I know your name. Anyway, welcome. So good to have you with us. Hello, Jilly. All the way from Scotland, and Kirst, all the way from Perth, and Kate, all the way from New Zealand. Oh my gosh, it's international this morning. <laughs> welcome. I hope that you are all well. It is a beautiful, beautiful day to be alive and no matter where you find yourself I hope that you are feeling just in this minute like you can take a breath you can be all here and allow the spirit of God to invest in your heart and in your mind and in your soul this morning hello Kath and hello Mans so good to have you live with us this morning we have been having a conversation I actually forgot to put the text in the description, see, to add it in after. 
but it's good to be out of Taryn. So we've been having a discussion around self-love. We kind of just stumbled here this year for something that I began questioning in myself. What is this really? And how do I better take care of myself? And how do I love myself? Is it the way that the world perhaps tells me to do so by spending all my days in the spa doing things that I love to do? Or is there perhaps something a bit more profound and deeper to this idea and notion of loving oneself? And I think, I think that maybe we're onto something together as we discover the truth about what it means to love who we are. And so it's a good thing. Hello, Aileen Paxton. chat about self-love I have some thoughts this morning if you were with me last week you would have seen that I posed the thought and idea that you cannot love yourself without a value of yourself and the truth about value is that we were made by God in his image so our ultimate value lies in the fact that we are image bearers of God he places the utmost value on us because he made us. And we are from Tom's wife. Sorry. Okay, gosh. Yes. Yes. Hello. Okay, you're amazing to pop in and say hi. I think Dill's actually going to be with you guys for now. Amazing. Love the church. It's super connected here in KZN. Okay, total digression. Anyway, to love oneself is based upon a foundation of value. You cannot love yourself if you don't value yourself. And you cannot value yourself unless you go right to the beginning and understand how it all works. That we were made in the image of God. And that is where our value comes from. Not because of what we do. Not because of how we show up. Not because of all the things we're good at. But rather because we were made in the image of God. A brilliant creator. We were planned and thought out and intended for. And so our inherent value that nothing can change... Nothing can corrupt that, nothing can take it away, is that we were made in the image of God. And that is the basis from which all of the love of self should flow. Not from, you know, that day that we spent in the spa. You know, that makes us feel good for a minute, but it doesn't really give us a strong foundation or a firm foundation with which to stand upon if we're going to fully care and nurture for ourselves. And so... I love those thoughts. If you missed that last week, you can go back and have a listen. We explored a little bit of what it meant. Um, we went back to the beginning, read some thoughts from Genesis 1, a beautiful creation poem, a story of how God made us, and really formed, a, I believe, a strong case for the value of self. And when you have value of self, then you can love yourself, right? So we made, uh, I hope I made it simple. And I spoke honestly and, and was pretty candid about some of the things that I was walking through or am walking through and how it's important that we frame our thoughts of who we are and what we do through the lens of truth. And I want to take that thought further this morning as we talk about this idea of self-love because I believe self-love starts with value and it's impossible without surrender. To love yourself from a place of control and performance and ability and humanness is impossible. 
You can do all the things in the world that make you feel good and still not love yourself. Who knows that to be true? I do. You can go on the best holiday. You can spend all your time shopping. You can do all the things in the world to treat yourself and still feel like inside, I'm not good enough. I don't have what it takes. I don't necessarily have anything profound to offer the world. You know, I'm useless or I'm slow or I, you know, I don't, I'm not a great contributor to society. I don't know, fill in the blank, whatever you, whatever your inner critic self smack talk looks like. Mine sounds very much like, oh, you, you're just a failure. You're not good enough. That's, that's some of the war that goes on in my head. <coughs> And so this morning I want to bring this idea to you, to love yourself is impossible. It's impossible without surrender. So what is surrender? Surrender is a submission to authority. It's a submission to authority, okay? It's, it's to submit to a power of influence or it's to submit to the confident quality of someone who is respected for who they are. Surrender is to submit to an authority that is true and real. So we've got this idea of surrender being, you know, weak, like my hands up. And there is an element of weakness to it. That's why the Bible so powerfully tells us that when we are weak, He is strong. It's in our weakness, in our surrender, that His strength is poured into us and shines through but it's this idea of submitting to authority that caught my attention when we're talking about the idea of self-love. So, you all have heard, if you've been in church for a while or if you've studied scripture, that, that, that the Word is our authority. God as the Word is authority. And that got me to think this morning, you know, this is true. When I submit... When I surrender, meaning I submit to the authority of the word, it is from that place that I can love myself because it's absolute and ultimate truth. Okay, so let me take this further for you. I believe self-love, the kind of love that we're crying out for in ourselves, where we truly like who we are, where we love who we are, where we are content and happy with who we are, is not found in activity or in things that make us feel good. True love of self is impossible without surrender and the submission to authority. The submission to the authority of his word, which is ultimate truth. The ultimate truth about who we are. When we can see ourselves through the lens of ultimate truth, it's from there that we can love who we are, like who we are, be content with who we are. Because we're seeing ourselves as a creator sees us. And so we live from a basis, not of my truth, okay, but from, from a standpoint of his truth. Now hear me out for a second. There's this crazy, I think very unhealthy, challenging ideal out there right now. This statement maybe, and you've heard this, this is my truth. This is my truth. And I want to challenge this for a minute because I think there's a danger in us all having our own truth. My tr you, I've got my truth. You've got your truth. There's 24 people on here this morning that I can see. You, 
if we all have our own truth and we're all living to that end, it concerns me that that is, it's going to lead us to places and spaces that are not necessarily where we want to go. We're not called or invited or asked by God to live according to my truth. We're invited to live from His truth. We're invited to take hold of His truth. So that when each of us take hold of His truth, we stand on a solid, firm foundation of who we are, and we can become unified by the Spirit of God despite being completely different in what we look like and what we do and where we come from in our upbringing. There can be unity because we live according to His truth. The way with which we see ourselves and the way with which we see people is from His truth. Not my truth. His truth. And so that is something that I'm really wanting to pursue in greater measure for myself is to unravel or perhaps unpack this notion of living with my truth. I don't want to live with my truth. My truth is flawed. My truth is... It's unstable. It's, it's interchangeable. My truth can be formulated over time over, uh, based on experiences that are unhealthy. I can formulate my truth from pain and cause myself to live in a way that produces more pain in my life. I don't want to live by my truth. I don't want to live by your truth either. I want to live by the truth of God. I want that to be my standpoint. I want that to be my foundation because it's solid and unwavering and firm and it's the ultimate, ultimate reality of who he is. So hello to all of you jumping on. I hope you're enjoying my passionate rant about the truth this morning. And I love that Jesus says, you know, he says to us, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Not your truth. Mine. Jesus. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Whoever comes through me, has access to the Father. And we're told that when we have access to the Father, it will be more than enough. And so that means we find our ultimate sense of love and acceptance and value when we embrace Him as the truth. And you know, this truth, the Word of God, the standard by which we we can, we can live and see ourselves. The Bible tells us it's living and active. Hebrews 4 verse 12. The word is living and active. active. It judges the thoughts of the heart. And we're told, and we know this to be true, the heart is deceptive. But when we have this truth, when we have the word as our lens and our and our standard, it can judge our heart. It can it can illuminate things that perhaps need surrendering and need need to be submitted. It it can it can do the work for us without us having to live in a place of self condemnation and frustration around who we are. The word does the work. It's living and it's active. It's not static. It produces what it was intended to. When it goes forth, it does what it says it will do. We can trust that. And scripture 
tells us that this word in 2 Timothy 3, it tells us that it's God-breathed. It comes from the very life breath of God. And so when it's spoken, when it's when we hear it, when we when we immerse ourselves in it, what we're doing is we are being, there is the breath of God surrounding us in that moment because it gives life. That's what God breath does. That's what his breath does. It gives life and it gives purpose and it gives hope. So when we do that, when we read the word and we immerse ourselves in it, we are we are allowing the breath of God to infiltrate who we are. And it tells us that this word, and again in 2 Timothy, it tells us that the word is, is helpful for teaching and rebuking and correcting and training in righteousness so that we would be thoroughly equipped. This is what we take hold of when we take hold of the truth. We take hold of something that has the power, the supernatural power by the Spirit of God to teach us, rebuke us, correct us, train us in righteousness. We don't have to strive and struggle to become the best versions of ourselves. We just need to submit to authority, submit to His Word and allow it to do what it was intended to do. It does the work. It tells us, the Bible tells us that the Word is the lamp unto our feet. <coughs> you all have heard this many times before. And you know, people will say, you know, it's a lamp, it's just on our feet, it's just giving us the next step. I believe that to be true. The Word does sometimes do that. It does give us the next step. It gives us wisdom, it gives us clarity. But I believe it's also giving us light on our feet, which speaks of our purpose, our destiny. It shines light, not necessarily a floodlight, but it puts light on who we are, where we're going what we were called to, the destiny for which we have been predestined for by God before the beginning of time. We have access to the truth, the word of God, which has the power, the supernatural ability. I don't know how it works. I'm just telling you what it says to direct us in our purpose and our positioning and where we end up. That's its power. That's its power. That's what we have access to when we submit unto, submit unto the authority of who God is, when we surrender. And when we do that, when we immerse ourselves in this truth, it's there that we begin to find out who we really are. Not in all, this, all the days of you know, loving ourselves with doing all the things that make us feel good. The Bible tells us in Psalm 18 verse 30, and this was what captured me this morning. I love this and I was reminded of it this morning as I was researching the power of the word. The word is flawless. That's a really, really beautiful word. The word is flawless. It means it's, it's perfect. The truth. The one that I want to live off. Not my truth. The truth is flawless. I want to base the way that I see myself, the way that I love myself, the way that I treat myself of something that is flawless because my humanness is going to keep me in a place where my inner critic breaks me down to the point where I'm rendered completely useless. And I don't know, maybe you don't have an issue with that. Maybe you're like, I'm so nice to myself all the time. You know, I don't, I don't bother or worry about this whole negative self-talk thing. Like, I love myself. I'm so happy with me. If that is you and you're watching, you, I'm like, honestly, that is awesome. And you should, you should share. 
how you've arrived at that point and tell us all the things because that's amazing and I, I say that with sincerity I'm amazed when people walk around with you know a sense of confidence of self and love of self and purpose and all the things and I think it's amazing and, and if that is unwavering in you that's awesome but I don't live consistently like that I live with some real self-doubt and I can be really hard on myself and I can even that be sometimes I can even sometimes be ugly to myself and and that's what I'm beginning to challenge in me and perhaps I, I have the privilege of challenging in, that in you too but I'm beginning to challenge that in myself it's not good enough I want to live from a place a foundation that is flawless so when the negative critic comes in there is something in me, not my own might or my own power, but the Spirit of God in me can rise up and say, no, that's not the truth. That may be your truth, Tess. And that may be something that you've formulated over time because of circumstances, because you've been hurt, or because someone's spoken over you, but I'm here to tell you right now in this moment, says Holy Spirit, that you are not that. The truth says otherwise. The truth speaks of you from a place of flawlessness. That is what I want for myself. The ability to, to be able to, to own who I am with humility and begin to love myself from a place of absolute foundational truth. Because that is what I believe makes all the difference. I wrote this this morning and I want to share it with you because I think I wrote it well. <laughs> and I don't know if I can just say it again in a way that's helpful. But I said, when we submit to the flawless nature of his word, his truth, the lens through which we see ourselves is pure, holy, and redeemed. We love from this place of truth because it's when the veil is lifted and we see. When we truly see, it's then that we can love because we know ultimately that he loved us first. So it's not just something that we read. This word that I encourage you to, to take hold of and get to know and get in your heart and immerse yourself in. All the things that I say often on Tea With Tears, get into the word, do it for yourself, love yourself in this way. It's, just, it's not just something that we read because that we're, that's what we're told to do in church. It's a weapon. It's the truth. And in a world where everyone has their truth, I need something that I can go to that helps me. <laughs> because sometimes I lose my way. This is God himself. The word is him. The word is him. He is the word. And it's this word of God, this truth, that forms and sustains who we are. We do not have to do it. It's the word that does it. Hebrews 1 tells us that we are sustained by his word. I am not that good. I am not perhaps even what I hope I could be or want to be. But the reality is the word is what has formed me and it's flawless. In Jesus, it is perfected and then it's sustained by the very word itself 
roll of time. Get your head around it. I don't know. I, I sometimes get so mind blown by all this stuff. I'm like, can you just tell me like, like, it's not on me. Like, I can't love myself. Like, I can't make that happen. Like, no, we can't. Reality is, is it all begins and ends here. It's all sustained here. And we cannot love who we are and we cannot value who we are and we cannot begin to walk in the fullness of our purpose and, until we have this as our ultimate truth and foundation. And so I'm passionate about getting into it. I'm passionate about us becoming girls who are lovers of the word. Who take hold of truth and be ambassadors for truth because it's just in us. It's who we are. It's from the point from which we live our lives. <laughs> and I just wanted to remind you this morning, I'm, not gonna, I'm giving you a lot of scripture here, but you can go back and listen and find them. But we're told in James 1, it's actually James 1 verse 21, that the word has been planted in us. So we're formed by the word, we're sustained by it, and then by the kindness and grace of God, he plants it in our hearts as well. So when you, when you open your Bible and you read it, you're agreeing with what's already been planted in you. It's like being, what's been planted, the seeds that are already there by the power of the Spirit are being watered by God. As you read and you listen and you immerse yourself in truth, you're beginning to grow something in your heart that's already there. The charge this morning that I have for you is to submit to what is already inside of you. The Spirit of God, the Word of God, living and active, that forms and sustains who we are, that's flawless in its foundation, that is the authority of God has been planted within us. And it's time for us to take hold of this thing and to go on a journey of discovering it for ourselves so that what's already there will become watered and grow into something supernatural and beautiful and profound. The Bible talks of, um, of us being like trees that are planted aside, beside riverbanks. And as they're watered and nurtured, they will grow. And they will become so big that they will provide shade. And they'll provide rest and they'll provide fruit and sustenance for those around them. And I don't know about you, but as I get older, I don't necessarily want things that don't matter and last anymore I, I want to be a tree I want to be one of those people that plants myself alongside a riverbank and waters what's already inside of me by the power and the spirit of God so that I would grow into something that others can find refuge and rest in that others can be beckoned home because of what God is doing and already done in me and I don't want to do that from a place of striving. And I don't want to do that from a place of work and effort. I want to do that by the Spirit of God. And so, what I'm saying this morning is to love yourself is to surrender. It's impossible to love yourself without surrendering. Surrendering to the truth. Submitting to the truth that it has already been planted in us. That we are enough. That we are chosen that we are loved and seen, that we are known, that we are purposed by God to do great things on the planet, and that we are forgiven and redeemed, that we have access to the grace of God, that we are co-heirs with Christ, that we are adopted into the family of God, no matter our history, no matter our birth, 
right? No matter who our parents are, we have been adopted into the family of God. The kingdom of heaven is now our new birthright. And it's amazing. And so, how can you best love yourself in this season? Discover what it means to value who you are from a standpoint of God made me. And then you need to discover what it means to submit to truth. Not my truth, not your truth, the truth. Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life, the one who gives us access to the Father who gives us our ultimate purpose, identity, value, and who loves us more than we could ever imagine. It's from that place that we can love ourselves in return. Because we know that he loved us first. And it doesn't hang on who we are and our ability to love who we are. Amen? Amen. Okay, so that was a lot. <laughs> I'm going to quickly rattle off the scriptures. You're going to go and study them because you're such a good, studious bunch. Hebrews 4, verse 12. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. Psalm 18, verse 30. Hebrews 1, verse 3. And James 1, 21. And if you're really feeling studious, you can go and read Ephesians 2. Okay, you're amazing. You're Bible scholars. Can I encourage you? Go and do something for yourself today that is so otherworldly. Go and open your Bible and study who God is and what he says, because that has the power to change everything. And so I want to pray for everyone this morning. I'm going to pray by the Spirit of God that you would, you would surrender unto truth today. That in areas where there is stubbornness or perhaps fear, that Holy Spirit, you would empower us, submit to the ultimate truth. To submit to you, Jesus. And we thank you that as we do that as people, as we do that together as women, as we just agree with you, you're going to begin to water what's already there, what's already been planted in us. And we are going to become trees. I just speak trees for every single woman that is here this morning. I speak over you that you're a tree. That you are destined to be a, a refuge and a place of rest for people. To find home to find redemption, to find purpose. And as you discover that for yourself, and as God begins to out that work that in your life, it become a place for others to find the same. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, that we do none of this by our own might or our own effort or our own striving, that we do it by the grace of God. And so I pray the grace of God over every single woman this morning, supernatural grace of God. Thank you, Jesus, that we have access, full access to you, that you hold nothing back from us. And so we take hold of it this morning and we partner with truth. We align our hearts with truth. We rend our hearts towards truth this morning. And we just love you and we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, listen, before I go, two minutes, save the date. Sisterhood is coming in March, 17th of March. We are 
gathering again i know it's been forever and so if you find yourself living in the north coast area you are going to be excited to know that we are going to be launching our sisterhood for 2022 here at the link campus and so i wanted you girls to be the first to know you'll be seeing a save the date soon and i would love you to partner with us as we begin to believe for supernatural and beautiful things in the hearts of women in our city and in our nation and across the world and so would you pray for us as we prepare, as, as we ask God to show us his heart for his girls, to align us with the truth, and I'm excited for all of that. So be there, put it in your diary, and I will, I will not see you next week. We have a guest. She does not even know it yet, but she's amazing, and she's going to be talking to you on some very practical ways that you can pursue the love of self in this crazy crazy moment in history that we live in so be there and i will see you soon